Hello, my name is Emma Kazmarek. I'm from the Data Protection Division of Dell Technologies. And today I'm going to talk to you guys about how we're providing data protection from the edge, the core, the multi-cloud. So as you look out today at organizations, what we're seeing happening is that they're looking at their data, they're looking at their software, and they realize that within their application as a whole, there's a competitive advantage that they're going to be able to take advantage of. Now, in order to harness this advantage, they're embarking upon these digital transformation, and more importantly, these application transformations are, are ongoing. And they can't just throw their data out into the public cloud or introduce Kubernetes into their environments and expect that they're going to be able to actually take advantage of this competitive advantage. They're having to take a step back and really do an application rationalization and determine what makes sense to really get the most out of that application transformation. And so as a result of this, what they're doing is they're looking at their applications from a top-down approach and they're determining, does it make sense to re-host that application? You know, what we used to refer to as lifting and shifting, picking it up from its existing deployment and deploying it in a private or public cloud experience. Does it make more sense to re-platform or containerize that application? Or do we need to just completely rewrite it and refactor it, move it from being, say, a traditional Oracle deployment into, say, a MongoDB instance? Or you know what? I don't even want to deal with this application anymore. I'm just going to pay somebody else to manage it. I want to move it and repurchase it and go SaaS. Great example of this, getting off of Exchange and moving on to 365 with Microsoft. Now, there are also applications out there that it just doesn't make sense to rehost, replatform, rewrite, re uh, or even repurchase. The juice just isn't worth the squeeze. At the end of the day, it's going to be cost prohibitive to even do one of those. And in those instances, we're just going to retain them and keep it business as usual. Now, across all this, though, if we've rehosted, replatforming, rewritten, or repurchased, what happens to those legacy applications? We have to think about how we're going to retire them. And we may have compliance that requires us to keep them around for three years, four years, 10 years. And it doesn't make sense to have them living on expensive all-flash storage once we've retired them and moved on to rehosting, replatforming, rehiding, rewriting, or repurchasing. And so it becomes critical here that we take into consideration data lifecycle management and have the ability to tear it down to the most cost-appropriate storage so we can actually get the biggest TCO and cost reductions out of this. So while this is occurring down now from a top-down approach, what we have to take into consideration is the bottom-up and how we support this from an infrastructure perspective. And so when we look at this from an infrastructure lens, on the left side there we have our traditional applications, our physical Windows and Linux, our non-X86 platforms, AX, Solaris, and then we have everything that we've gone through the process of moving from physical to virtual, from being to being in that virtual environment. And on the left, really, this is a construct methodology. In order to support these applications as they're being onboarded, we're constructing the underlying infrastructure to support them. Now, as we move into the world of infrastructure as a service, containers as a service, or platform as a service, whether this is on-prem in our private cloud, or up in the public cloud, more and more, this is in a multi-cloud world. And so in order to support this, this is really a consume methodology here. Now, I like to think of IaaS 
has in the past really as terms of a metaphor for a house. In an infrastructure as a service environment, I show up, my foundation's already been poured for me, I have all my lumber, my drywall, my bricks, my shingles, I go and build that house. In platform as a service, that house is already built, and I just move right into it. Containers as a service, you know, I have a shell of a house, and every day I'm picking out what the floor plan is going to be, what the colors of the walls are, what the cabinets are going to be, and it's tear up, tear down. And that's how containers had been when they were just stateless. But now what we have happening is organizations are starting to containerize applications and they're moving from being stateless to becoming stateful. So in that same instance here, you know, I'm picking out the floor plan, colors of the walls, the cabinets, but I now also have a file cabinet in that house. And every day more and more is growing to that file cabinet. And I need to have the capability of reverting back to three days ago five days ago, two weeks ago. I just don't need the status of that file cabinet, but I also need the status of that house. I need both the application consistent and the crash consistent. The challenge is the way that I protect those environments is different than how I go about protecting my infrastructure as a service or platform as a service. And so it makes things very interesting as organizations are going through this transformation on how they're approaching these things. And so when we look at this here, what's important to understand is, you know, where things fall. And in conversations that I'm having with my customers, what I see is that on average today, about 30% of customers' environments fall into that traditional bucket. About 60% fall into that virtual bucket of applications that have gone through the process of being moved from physical to virtual. And then 10% is a scattershot across the board of IS, CAS, PAS, and SAS really varies from organization to organization where they are on their digital transformation journey. Well, this is all well and good to look at where organizations are today. We also have to take into consideration where they're gonna be in the world of tomorrow. But looking out to the year 2023, what we see is an interesting shift in these workloads. What we find is the traditional applications are only going from 30% down to 20%. And at first, it kind of makes you scratch your head, but when you double click on it, it actually makes a lot of sense. And the reason for this can really be compared back to the whole mainframe conundrum from the early 2000s. You know, mainframe was supposed to die in the early 2000s, yet here we are two decades later, and the majority of Fortune 100 customers are still running mainframe in their environments. The same is true for these traditional applications. These are the cornerstone applications that have been ingrained in environments for years, non-x86 platforms, things that are very difficult to try and re-host, re-platform, rewrite, or even repurchase. They've been so customized and they continue to do very important aspects on the environment and trying to get off them is near impossible. But where we really see this shift into the consumer methodology is on the virtual workloads, going from 60% down to 10%. And really this is being driven by two key things. The first is automation and the ability to take these workloads and automate them into those consumer environments. And the second is really being driven by VMware as a whole here with their ability now to deploy Kubernetes services within their private cloud environments is really allowing organizations to streamline their adoption and drive their digital transformation forward. Now, when we look at this from a data protection lens, it's important to understand how all these different components need to be protected from that traditional side of the house, we know how to protect those environments, right? For your physical servers, you're going to put an agent or a client out on them. You'll have your backup server, your media server, and you're going to write it to a target. 
When it comes to those virtual workloads, we should be using VADP, the VMware API for data protection. We should be doing image level backups. We don't want to be having a bunch of guest clients out there that we want to be managing across the board for hundreds and thousands of VMs. Maybe we're also going to be leveraging some proxies to accelerate that data transfer. But again, it's landing on a target. Now, as we move into the world of consume, whether I'm deploying a virtual machine, an application, or a container, I need some sort of portal for my end users to interface with to drive this model out there. Nine times out of 10, what I end up seeing is that portal ends up being ServiceNow. But ServiceNow on its own is really just a ticketing system. I still need some automation tools underneath there to drive the deployment of these production VMs, applications, or containers. And so the market leading vendor out there from an IT automation tool set is VMware. So having native plugins into the VMware automation tool suite becomes critical. But it's also important to understand that as part of organizations' digital transformation, they may be leveraging additional automation tools. They may be using things like Ansible, Puppet, um, Salt, Terraform, Otter, or whatever the next one is that hits the market. So it becomes critical that not only do you have native plugins into the market-leading automation tool set, but that you also have open REST API capabilities so that you can integrate in those automation tools into your data protection solution as you go through your transformation so that you can integrate into the Ansible's, the puppets, the chefs, what have you, and have that flexibility and choice. Because the last thing that you want to do is stand up your entire automation deployment for your production environment, but then still have to manually touch it from a data protection side. It's counterintuitive. As your production workflows are being deployed, the protection capabilities should flow with them as well. Now, once I get to this point and I've stood up this framework, I've got to answer five key questions. And based on the answers to these five key questions, is going to determine where this data is going to live. And that comes down to cost, availability, performance, location, and compliance. Based on the answers to those five things, the data is either going to go one of two places. It's either going on-prem or it's going off-prem. It's going off-prem, it's going into AWS, it's going into Azure, it's going into GCP, or it's going into VMware Cloud on AWS. If it's going on-prem, it's being deployed as a converged or a hyper-converged instance or as a software-defined solution on the hardware of your choice in your private cloud environment. Now, we still can't forget, though, about those applications that we've decided to outsource and repurchase. You know, we may have more compliance requirements for those resources than what those vendors are providing. Some of those vendors may not be providing any protection capabilities at all. So we have to make sure as we go down the path of repurchasing applications and moving in those into SaaS models that we have the ability to protect them that meets the internal compliance requirements of our organization as a whole. Now, when we get to this point, we see a need still for three key things. The first is integration with object storage. Going back to the beginning here and that application transformation that's occurring, for those applications that we've retired, the ability to integrate in with object storage becomes critical. And having the ability to tear that down to the object storage of choice based upon policies of age becomes critical so that no longer have to maintain them living on expensive all-flash storage. 
But in addition to this, being able to leverage our market-leading IP and data reduction ratios to shrink that actual physical space that it's consuming upon allows us to bring forward the most efficient TCO out there and cost reduction ROI for our customers. And it's not just about integrating into one object storage platform. While we prefer it to be ECS, we understand that as part of your transformation journey, you need to have choice and flexibility. So being able to integrate into the object storage platform of your choice, whether that's S3 infrequent access, Azure cold blob storage, or even Alibaba Cloud, allowing for that flexibility of that journey. We also see a need for object store integration as we start protecting workloads in the public cloud. The last thing that we want is for the most expensive thing in the public cloud to be your protection solution. That's why our technology, when we protect workloads in the public cloud, leverages that cloud-native object storage as its consumption of what it's running on and writing towards, enabling our customers to continue to drive down costs and have that cost reduction, allowing them to be investing in things that are actually important to them in the public cloud, things like microservices, things like database as a service, those really things that are driving that transformation forward so that we can keep them protected, but drive down costs as a whole. The other key area that we see a need for is the ability to provide an air gap copy of the data for those mission critical crown jewel applications. And where those crown jewel applications are gonna shift depending on where organizations are throughout this journey. So the ability to bolt down those applications, whether they are deployed as traditional, and whether they are deployed in your private cloud or vault them down from the public cloud becomes paramount so that you're not in a position where you have to end up spending or paying Bitcoins to the bad guys to get your data back. And on top of this, it's about not just allowing for that, the ability to protect those critical applications, but also those critical rebuild materials. So, because if you're in a DR scenario, you're assuming that you've got access to the DR site, that you've got asynchronous replication that you can come back up. In a cyber event, you need to be assuming that you are coming back from nothing. You're having to recover from bare metal. And so you need to make sure that you have those critical rebuild materials, things like Active Directory, things like domain controllers, things like networking templates, so that you can actually bring back those crown jewel applications holistically in your environment. And the final key piece here that we see a need for is the ability to provide one common management plane. Whether you're protecting traditional or virtual resources in your construct environment or protecting workloads up in the public cloud, having one common management plane that gives you visibility across the board so that you are able to have reporting and management through that common plane of glass. Because while we may have automated the ability to protect workloads in your consume environment, we still need to make sure that we're taking into consideration how we are protecting those 30% of workloads down the road that it will continue to be in that construct environment. And having that one common management plane that's built on HTML5 is something that we're providing for customers today. So when you look at our portfolio, this is really what we're focusing in on for our customers and what we're delivering on for them across the board. And this is really kind of specifically due to our focus and our strategy as a whole. And when you look at this, we're focusing in on the mega trends of the industry providing value to the data that we're protecting, protecting applications as they're going through this transformation. And as data now has been distributed to the edge more than it ever has in the past due to things of work from home and the current times we're living in, it becomes critical for us to be able to provide our abilities of 
leveraging AI and machine learning to look in at the entropy of the files themselves to identify if the change rate has gone from an average of 3% over the past 18 months up to 98%. To make sure that the file type still matches the extension and to identify attack vectors that we see that are common in environments to address them. And we're doing this by continuing to provide that proven technology and leadership that we have in the industry around simplicity and automation, efficiency from a protection standpoint and driving efficiencies in customers' environments. Being able to provide protection at scale and being able to provide that protection performance as customers continue to drive, while also focusing in on delivering modern innovation. Being able to provide that native cloud protection, autonomous protection for applications as they move from the edge to the core to the cloud, and also being able to introduce new services and recovery options for our customers as they move forward. That's what we're doing here at Dell Technologies, and that's how we're providing protection for our customers from the edge to the core, the cloud. Thank you and have a great day.